Welcome to the Harbinger of Fun podcast. I'm Joe Mars, the Harbinger of Fun, and I'd like to talk about what makes something fun, why it matters, and how to wield its mighty powers. So, without further ado, on to the show. I had like a crazy revelation. Uh, oh. Like, mm. uh, <clears throat> well, so what happened is that uh, we had to put we had to put our dog down over the weekend. Oh, okay, yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks because like yeah, we really really liked him. And, yeah. Uh, but you know what I realized is that is that you know there's you know you don't have a lot of time to. The, I guess the biggest takeaway that I learned this week is that you don't have a lot of time to do the things you want to do. Mm. Um, and so to to pursue a a a, 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 a project or a company or or whatever that you don't one hundred percent believe in is like a really huge waste of of your time, you know. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's true. But I, I, yeah, and I, I feel like that. Um, I feel like there there's a lot there's a lot there about um, you know believing in what you do because the other thing I learned is that like if you don't if you don't like believe in what you do, it's never going to be as good as it could ever be. So it's kind of wise to, uh, if, if there's something you like 30% believe in, it's probably wiser to not even pursue it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hundred percent agree with you. I mean, like, and yeah. And crazy thing is like, how, how amazing is it that like that came through experience? Cause how many times are we told these things like in some away but it doesn't hit until it really hits it's almost like it's revealed to you when it's necessary and uh-huh. then you know it now and it's like part of you and yeah so, yeah man that's freaking awesome yeah. yeah 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 a lot of times you need that emotional impact to really drive yeah. the, the point home um yeah. but I, I but i guess like kind of like uh like like uh i like like steve jobs you know he's a hero yeah. Uh, he didn't he didn't like do anything half-hearted like yeah, it's true <laughs> um it's like true. i, I there, there's some like bad stories about him being like you know kind of <laughs> micromanaging or whatever but yeah yeah you can't say he didn't believe in <laughs> what he <was. laughs> yeah he seriously believed in his uh, in, in what he was working on that's for sure i mean like even after get this even after like he had like I, I don't know. I don't remember if it was like liver transplant or something. Like he uh, just got out of the hospital, and he and he's already on his way back to the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah um, uh, Walt Disney, when uh, he was when he was dying of, of cancer, um, he went to the hospital across the street from his studio, <laughs> and <laughs> from his hospital bed. Um, he was, he was point, he was pointing out to, I think his brother or something, cause he could see like the water tower of the studio from his hospital bed Oh, yeah. he was saying like, Oh, you, you guys need a fresh paint on the water tower. Like you need to a- <laughs> 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 on his deathbed. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was still giving out commands and all that. And on his, on the ceiling of this hospital, he was laying out uh, Disney world. So, uh, or Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, so, dude, it says a lot. But, yeah, yeah, and and um, I th- the thing is like uh, when the reason why like I I Disney is one of my heroes is because like he reinvented entertainment like four times in his lifetime, um, 
And that I think, but the, the, the only way you can do that, like redefine something and bring a new discovery and a new like industry to other people to discover is if you like believe in what you do, you know, like sure. no one's ever like kind of just kind of did what's been done and then like redefine an industry. Like you, you just make derivative products if you're, if you, if you're just copying everyone else. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, yeah. uh, talk about that vision and the, um, and what he had saw or wanted way before his like his time and what he, uh, and what he wanted to do. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I guess that's why the, these they these particular people they definitely had a crazy drive. That's maybe they like another way to put it. Uh, back to your point, they really understood the importance of the time that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, 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 they really did. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting as a creative person though, because mm -hmm. a lot of times you get caught in the loop of, you know, I, I need a paycheck and I need to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a very real problem for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. but you know, like, uh, there's not too many places where you're making money and you're doing like the work of your dreams. It's unfortunate too, but like there's truth to that. You know, there's a lot. I would say that there's probably the majority of people working a nine to five, so to speak. They're probably not doing what they enjoy doing. Rather, they're doing it like as a means uh, to an end, you know, pays the yeah. bills. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Gemini on you. Oh, uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna um talk about the opposite side of my point. Uh, okay. yeah. That I just thought of right now. Um, oh, mm. which is like I, But I think that that is the difference between uh, like an artist, like a regular artist and creative versus a professional, is that a professional, you know, will turn in the best work even if they don't care about it <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a it's a it's it, well, they're a hitman you know like you know yeah, is that money is that the job sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was this um there was this guy that uh i worked for this company a few years ago mm -hmm. and um there it was everyone was like a contractor almost i don't know if there's there's only like one or two like full-time people um and we hired this artist and uh he was probably in his late 30s early 40s mm. and he was a i believe he was a 3d artist and he was like a hitman like he came in and he didn't really like say hi to anyone or <laughs> yeah. he wasn't like particularly friendly but he was good at his job. He was a really good 3D artist. Mm. And as soon as like five o'clock came around, he was like out. He he didn't talk to anyone. He didn't talk about <laughs> overtime. But he did all his work. And yeah. um and and at first I was like a little annoyed by him. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, we're a team. We gotta like communicate. We gotta do this. But I couldn't really complain because he was doing all his work. And mm. so I was like, okay, fine. I mean, I can't, I don't. I would prefer everyone like talked and got along and, and all that. But, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't fault him for actually getting his job done in under, you know, without being hundred percent friendly. Um, and then the, the day came 
which I could kind of see coming, but I think uh, younger developers might not see it, where like mm. half the company got laid off. Mm. Um, actually, more than half. So, oh, wow. so and he yeah. was one of them. He, he has, because he was like a contract, you know, hitman artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got laid off, he just got up and left. And in that moment, like he didn't say anything. He didn't complain. He, he did it. He just, he was just like, okay. And he got his bag and he, and he, he left the building. And, yeah. and in that, in that moment, I realized that that guy is a pro. Like mm-hmm. that guy came in, didn't ask any questions, turned out great work. And then when it was time to, to get fired, he was like out, no questions asked. Like he, <laughs> he, he did this a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Totally agree. That, that's a professional, a hundred percent. Yeah. And you know what? I think just based on the makeup of people, there are people like that. Some people like, let's play, let, let's play with that for a second. Right. That are like butterflies where uh-huh. or, like, or, 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 or something that you have to handle with care, you know, like, um, I think that we had a discussion previously in one of those, like where we talked about like the millennial office worker, the latte, the dog sitter, and, <laughs> and all those things, right? And, um, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, and, and, you know, they're like, hey, is, and, you know, is that a Herman Miller chair? Because I can't sit on those Ikea chairs, you know, they're just so bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so they, they need a lot to get the gears going and um, compare that to a professional or someone with the mindset of professional. Um, uh-huh. These people, the gears are already going. They're there. They, you know, they want to know their objective, uh, you know, and you, you, you kind of paid for this amount of time that you have with them. Um, and you're going to get the result uh, as far as um, that can be detailed out between the contract. And it's yeah. just done, and and you know, like when you guys meet in the street, you guys don't know each other because you wouldn't know them. You know, like you wouldn't say hello to your hitman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's true. And yeah, there's there's something. Uh, yeah, there's something. Oh, I have I have like kind of two opinions about that. Like, mm-hmm. one is that I get it because the the game industry specifically is so nomadic. Um, like there's so many professionals who've been doing this for, for decades who don't have a steady job for years. Um, and it's because projects come projects go and they just, they just, then they hire and release people like as often as that. And you have to kind of go around to find jobs. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's unfair because it's kind of always been like this in the game industry, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It's, it is kind of weird to me how many talented artists and developers there are that don't have like a 10 year career, like they are 10 years at the same company or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. so I, so I get people like him where they just come in, they do the job. They don't say hi. <laughs> and then they just, they're, they're out, you know, you kind of have to be that way. If you're, if you're just a, a hired gun, you know? Yeah. It is, it is. Um, and it, it is, it can be tough because like um, on one end, you know, uh, there's, it's almost like there's, you could build up a story behind that too. Um, you know, where maybe that there's two parts. One, one is that I remember, get, get this. I've, I've actually worked with someone in the past who, 
who came from a line of workers that were what you would call um, those who uh, would those who only stay at one company and work like a, they're called a, a lifers. There you go, lifers. People uh -huh. like so he came from a family of workers um, who were lifers. I mean, and they did they did really like um, decent like um, uh, job uh, jobs as well. Like they're like, engineers, everything you name it. And he was the artist of it. But even then, his approach was like an engineer. His dad worked in aerospace, and so. And so, and you know, like people in that area, yeah. um, they at a company for 10, 15, until they retire, uh, 20 years or more. And yeah. um, him coming into VFX, he worked with the old SGI machines, you know, like and all the stuff that we heard about from our, our teachers even in college, um, mm -hmm. you know, and um, early on, a lot of the VFX artists, a lot of people are in the digital um, space, they they did work at companies apparently for like 10 plus years. He was at a company, he's much older, but when I met him, he was like already like maybe 58 years old or 60 years old. Uh -huh. And and so he he was already at working at this company. He already worked at a company for like 10 years, visual effects. And he's worked on all sorts of like the older movies that had visual effects, you know, and compositing with uh, shake or or something like that whatnot and um and uh so then there was a change somehow and i i i believe i could kind of pinpoint this change that happened in film is when we uh -huh. switched from film to digital digital mm -hmm. so like um so like video digital film uh digital uh, filming um and one of the one of the films that was like probably considered one of the most impactful films that switched from regular film to like a digital film format was uh, Fight Club. Uh, Fight Club was all shot digitally. Oh, and so, right, and it looks good. Um, so, um, but so from that point on, if we were to use that uh, the, as a marker, like the late '90s, um, a lot of visual effects work and a lot of works in general uh, started moving into computers, digital, and 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 on, on top of that, there's there the the whole field of 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 artists and you know like there's a right like a huge saturation oversaturation of not just like in the design space for designers but artists visual effects artists and even in gaming like I think gaming more so probably a little bit later I, I feel that games um in in terms of industry lag maybe about five to ten years in um so like I believe when we graduate that's when gaming was starting to saturate. Um, and then, but then prior to that, visual effects was already saturating when we were mm. um, when we were going to school. So, mm -hmm. so fast forward to when I meet him, he just got laid off after working like ten years at a company. They they mm. actually had pension and stuff like that for a bit for a, for a graphics company. I was like for visual effects, wow. right? I was like, wait, right? I was like, wait, I, I, I never heard of that working in any company that I worked. In. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so yeah. So they did away with that from when we started working. Um, but when, when he started working at that time, now it's been, wow, has it been, it's been almost 20 years now. Like, so from he, when he got laid off and so we, we, it's about 10 plus years for, for us get finishing off what we like, you know, getting school and then working in the industry. So it's, he was 10 years before us starting that he got laid off. So that's like, and now that's like 20 years ago. So about 20 years ago or, or a little bit more, um, yeah, right. Late '90s, like or early 2000s, 
like that's when like we had like remember and like spider-man when spider-man first came out like the first one from sony pictures was that early 2000 uh, um, 2002 so, yeah yeah there you go so things like that huge boom and all i heard about was people getting hired and laid off so th- wow. somehow something happened where like you just have a huge shuffle and apparently people accepted this for some reason because like there was like this big boom and everyone wanted to be i, I actually have i i i remember speak, uh talking to a few friends i worked at a different company all they wanted to ever do somehow like the whole life goal became i want to work on superhero movies mm-hmm. and so that be, so right and then you know prior to that remember what happened with uh you know animation companies like you know people who want to work with disney or with in this sense for uh, for for cg uh pixar there are people who wanted to be lifers at pixar so they'll do mm-hmm. anything they can to work at pixar and so pixar was notorious for hiring people under minimum wage or at least 12 dollars an hour like a full oh. like a super talented animator uh, and everything you name it like coming in um working at like 12 dollars an hour something like that that's and interesting. Like, yeah, and I lended that too. So a lot of these companies somehow they realize um, that they could abuse it, and and then unfortunately, and you know, like as they would say, it's it's not just the fault of, um, it's not just the fault of the sinner. It's also the fault of the temp of the person who's tempted. So so you have the the artist, <laughs> and then you have the company. You know, like the artists are coming in <laughs> saying like, well, how about I work for free? <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, that probably really messed with our market because all of a sudden, like, like the, the thought of someone working 15 years at a company and, you know, you have to choose from a certain pool of people and, you know, and that set of expectations just got all thrown out the window. Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder if that also coincides with, um, people who are willing to adapt to newer technology. Uh, yeah, I, I I used to work at, at Target like a long time ago, um, mm. probably around when the first Spider Man came out, <laughs> and uh, uh, mm-hmm. and, there, and I, so I worked like in the garden center, like outside, um, and I had a boss there, and he was like really mean. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and um, and so anyway, but one day we were talking, and he told me that before he worked at Target, like you know, 10, 15, 20 years before, uh. He used to be. He used to uh, design. He used to draw the uh, do the art for the covers of of metal uh, metal albums, like oh. I think like Slayer, Megadeth, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's crazy! Those that's super cool to do the <laughs> yeah. uh, the cover art for these metal bands." And then I was like, "I was like, well, why are you here at Target?" <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, and it's not, it's perfectly fine to have a career in retail. I'm not, not yeah. bagging that, but I mean, yeah, yeah, to go, I mean, but why would you want to do that instead of doing cover art for metal bands? Mm-hmm. And he, he said that the reason why he, he kind of got pushed out of the industry is because he didn't learn computer graphics at all. He didn't learn any, anything on the computer. Cause he did like paint. He did, he like did, uh, I don't know what do you call it? Like physical media. Um, oh, and yeah. he, ne- wow. he never learned how to use a computer so yeah and so he's kind of so i wonder if it's a combination of stuff like that along with a bunch of new people learning this digital technology that maybe it's a huge influx of talent you know it it really is and and it's going to be unfortunate too because the ramp because what we see with the technology um there's a huge ramp up right now where it's like all of a sudden you have to know so much more going into the industry 
and it's crazy dude um and then with you know like with this ramp up like not just in like computer programming and you know like the the crazy requirements that's necessary for visual effects right now you know like before in the past you you could have someone who who only did like just and they probably still exist, but I think that the, those type that type of work, like the the lower skilled jobs in visual effects, got like shipped out overseas um, mm. because like you know like doing rodo and things like that. But uh, from what I've seen these days, it's like what's expected in visual effects is just like it's it is a huge ask. But at the same time, a lot of the people are really capable of doing it as well, and then it saturates the market, but it also makes it so that people who are interested, um, but not there yet will have an incredibly hard time to even get their foot in the door mm, yeah yeah, well, yeah wasn't there like a really high highly acclaimed award-winning animation studio that like went out of business a few years ago oh yeah um like uh, um i i know one that, remember when we were going to school like just before just after we graduated uh, it was rhythm and hues that went out like Whoa, because they right. got yeah yeah and i was like <laughs> they just they for them to get the academy award they um i think on uh life of pi they they just went into major debt and um mm -hmm. and and the director was willing to put them into major debt too <laughs> um and <laughs> so maybe good for the artists but the companies for the most part like they probably sold and and so they're owned by different uh people now but but they essentially went down. They went under for, for 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 completing that movie. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. And get this: even game studios. There was an American game studio, probably five or six years ago. I forgot what it was. Maybe an American or Canadian, like you know. Um, but in the Americas, and they went into major debt trying to compete with AAA studios. I mean, I think they were considered a AAA studio at one point too. I forgot mm. what it was. It started with an S, and so. And like the competition just to hit this marker is also just insane. Um, you know, like yeah. uh, I right imagine trying wanting to develop or trying or, 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 or risking everything to develop to compete against other AAA studios. Um that's that, you know, with like the crazy graphics. Unreal Engine 5 just came out, right? I mean, like yeah. um uh, maybe it's easier now because because of what you can do, which would be awesome, of course. But at the same time, like um, you know, like imagine the graphics that we can do now in Unreal. Um, we, we and it was impossible to do that five or six years ago. You would have to yeah. be a major AAA studio to even get near that. So I mean, like in, in a weird way, the studios that the I can't remember this name, the studio, but if they would have just stuck to like maybe like mid mid tier games or. Yeah, like the Wii U or something. <laughs> they probably would have survived long enough for Unreal to to here, here you go. Here's like the kitchen yeah. sink and everything, um, yeah. and, and blueprint that you know. I've, and yeah, but but that's why that's why uh, shovelware games exist um, <laughs> because. Yeah. Because, like, do you want to do, like, Halo and, like, spend all of your money on hopefully this thing working? Or do you want to make a uh, another, you know, Mickey Mouse Golf, you know, game? <laughs> and and maybe it's not, like, the best game ever made, but at least you have, like, a contract and you work <laughs> yeah. with a, a, a known entity. And, yeah. and um, so it's very secure to do something like that, you know? It is. And uh, I, I really wish... But it, it does make me sad because... One of my favorite things to do is I love creating games based off of IP, 
Like mm. I like, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, on this podcast before, but um, I like when I worked, I worked on a Ninja Turtle game for, um, for the mobile devices, like six, seven years ago now. Oh, right um, on, man. And it was the, uh, it was for the 2014 version of the Ninja Turtles on, mm. on Nickelodeon. And what I did for that was I looked at, at the time there were three seasons out. And, uh, and so I looked at every episode from those three seasons at least twice each episode. Because, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, because I wanted to make sure that when the, when the players uh, interacted with the turtles or they had the turtles do something, I wanted to make sure that the turtles would have responded in the way that the user expects them to. Mm. And, um, and so I love stuff like that. I love when, 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 they're, when the, the game is organic uh, yeah. and true to the source material. But, yeah. but uh, I, that's why I don't like that somehow. Uh, I don't know where it started, but somehow a lot of games with IP like Disney IP, Nickelodeon IP or whatever, they kind of got this reputation for being shovelware and uh, just kind yeah. of just thrown out there when yeah. there's such a good opportunity to really dive deep into the fandom and create really satisfying experiences for the for the fans. Yep, I totally agree. Um, and um, to add to that, like I'm a fan of the uh, anime genre. And oh. what's crazy is that every time an anime live action movie comes out, I'm just disappointed. Because like the <laughs> the the not not even um, the Japanese directors in Japan know how to direct anime movies. That's how bad it is. Because for some oh, wow. odd reason, when it comes to live action films, they 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 were just never into the IP enough to to really pull the life out of it. Like what Ooh. what what the fans had from the manga or the anime, probably. And then likewise, right for for Disney IPs or any of the new stuff like um, that. You know, it's like they they they're on. Like the people who get attached to doing these things, um, they they're probably they're probably never into this stuff. You know, they're just most likely they they have a name, a reputation, and and you know they're on the list of probably five other names, and they were the third pick. You know, it's it's always mm. a possibility that's what happens. Um, yeah, yeah, and and because of that, it it, it just never um, breathes in that life into uh, into um, what that would be like. Um, Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings. He was actually a fan of Lord of the Rings. So he did all mm. this, puts all this stuff there, even create Weta Studios, just so he can make the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> and that's huge. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, I mean, that's, I mean, that you can tell someone who really knows, like, that, that lore from, from the book, read the book inside and out. He storyboarded everything uh, with a storyboard artist. Um, he wanted every yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that's, and unfortunately, it seems as though we're not gonna always get that kind of dedication for from these products. You know, like pr probably why the the Disney games are looked at as shovelware. Unfortunately, there's probably one or two Disney games, by the way, that um, like I think there was a Mickey Mouse one, a Mickey, yes. like those are. That was considered good. Yeah, there was a, there's one on the Genesis. <laughs> That's how long ago it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one of the Genesis uh, where the first player is Mickey Mouse and the second player is Donald Duck, and that one yeah, is actually yeah. really high quality for the time. Um, yeah. And then there's one where you're you're recently actually well, twelve years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. where you play Mickey and you have a paintbrush, and that was actually really innovative too. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes you would get that, but I totally agree. Like most of the time. Like uh, the studios that pick this up, they're probably studios that that just fit like uh, a schedule and 
like get this um add to that like um uh and i see this i i, I see this with anime studios let's say there's a really popular anime and uh and uh th so they they work in something to create merchandise and and a oh. game for the anime i mean the anime itself has like quality storytelling it has a really successful manga and everything likewise for maybe like one of the disney ips yeah but uh -huh. then um but then all this stuff that they create all this merchandise is only for you to just you know be a whale to, to as a fan of the whole thing they never intended like to for it to be the same quality of the actual uh, ip to begin with so these games mm -hmm. these anime games are just they're just a retelling of the manga story or the anime mm -hmm. and it's just no fun and the mechanics are kind of like you know like uh, cumbersome you know it's like it's just uh it's like wait a minute like why doesn't it like yeah. you know play like yeah, yeah exactly something's missing because yeah yeah i mean i guess that's what happens with a lot of like sports games like yeah. um i don't know i think i i think there's a, a new you know uh nfl madden game every year um but this like they don't they're released every year but they're not each year it's not like a crazy new mechanics and different you know gameplay and different art style it's the same thing but with small updates um and i think for i think the fans are going to buy into it because they're fans and they like it but you know yeah as a creative as a game designer you, you know do you want to do small updates to something or do you want to do something <laughs> that's meaningful and like yeah that's going to change like the face or some create some really cool you know create mm -hmm. a, a wave a shock wave <laughs> of of like wow you could do this in this wrestling game that's crazy you know um yeah. and and i guess it kind of goes back to our original point of like it's kind of not worth doing something if you're only like 30% invested in it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, it, it definitely, uh, yeah. Because our time is incredibly valuable. It really is. We don't really, we don't have much time. That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, so it, those things really do start to matter like quite a bit. I think there is a point too. I remember I was looking at a chart where there's like, um, the experience that you have in the industry that you're in um plus your like the intelligence of that in industry that you have like of, of the craft that um, um so those actually meet at a point like at a certain it's uh and then you know and funny enough we literally we do call that like our um the time where we make the most money and everything else it's 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 around 40. so uh -huh. um so late late 30s to um to like to uh 50 so let's say th uh, 35 to 50 uh these are the best times where 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 like skill intelligence everything meet um they cross each other so you know like usually like there's jumps in experience or skill but experience yeah. is more linear and then the skill does these jumps but then that jump with with the linear uh meet of experience is just right yeah. there starting around 35 that's crazy that's and interesting so, yeah yeah and so maybe you know in an interesting way you could say that you know, once you cross that age and we're definitely there, it's like, you know, yeah, you know, time it matters even much more because like that, it's almost like, uh, let's say if you're not already there by a certain age, then it's, <laughs> you know, then it's going to be really tough. You know, it really starts to matter that you're, you're putting your time where it matters. 
um, and things that 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 are worthwhile, um, that will be impactful. That um, at least uh, have that component of you know that that you like to serve. Um, and so yeah, yeah, those things definitely um, hold, have a lot of importance. Um, and then yeah. uh, right, yeah, there's really something there to it. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like. I, I can't imagine what kind of game designer Walt Disney would have been. Like, he would have been, like, an amazing game designer. Um, and if, if like, Steve Jobs would have lived, like, another 10 more years with the, with the advances in technology in, like, 2020 and stuff, oh, yeah. like, mm -hmm. he would have done, like, amazing things. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just very very interesting to put into perspective of, like, the amount of things we can do now if we're fully invested and we know ourselves and you believe in yourself and mm -hmm. you you kind of go for it, you know? Yeah, 100%. There's definitely... And then, oh, I'm going to go full Gemini on you right now, but I'm going to flip it on you. Okay. And at the very same time, you're going to love this and hate this, maybe. Like, yeah. get this. Ah, oh, this is... this is um, So I, I, I actually... I, I've noticed. I've been noticing, like, um, ever since I heard the story, I, I've been telling the story in some form or way um, for the last maybe eight years. Um, so there's this advertising agency called CPNB, Ben oh. Bugowski, and this creative director. Um, he's like the guy who who uh, created the ads. Um, you know, like a call where where people go up to people. To random customers in a shop and say, "Oh, what computer are you gonna buy today?" And um, and then you know these would be people who want to buy uh, uh, Apple computers. And, and wow. this and this is when Apple this was always at a height of popularity. And so then they then they challenged them, saying, "Hey, look, if you can find if you can find me a computer with the same specs as the Apple computer you're gonna buy, I will buy it for you." And it challenged the customers to actually look at what they're buying and not just buying it just because they desired it, even though it was all part of a campaign for them to desire the opposite product. But still, that the psychology there was really interesting. And so now the, uh, the, these customers um, that were going to buy Apple products or were interested in Apple products started looking at, at these specs and, and of the computers and looking at what they're buying more so. And they're like, wait a minute, I could buy a laptop for like eight hundred dollars instead of spending two thousand dollars for a MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. and it's like, why would I spend this much money for a MacBook Pro? And get this, the campaign was actually effective. It was so effective that Apple sent a cease and desist letter, not 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 to Microsoft or whoever company that 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 paid for the ad, but to the ad agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so. Um, yeah, and then so you could say that that the pe these people and I was really into it. I was like, wow, these people are like really on top of it. You know, they have everything. Like they're like good designers. They have people who are like who who like studied, like did all these things and were into psychology. And then the creative director, like at at his height, he stepped away from all of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and um, he he just took like a a hiatus or. Or, or what you want or sabbatical or something just left right and for yeah. many years he said and then you know, all you heard about his story he just has a cabin in the woods somewhere <laughs> yeah 
And I, I thought that was really cool. So that stuck with me. I said, like, you know, maybe there's something to that, too, where that you don't want too much of anything, right? Once you hit certain things, you it's probably good to step back a little bit, too. Otherwise, you get consumed. You possible that you could get consumed by, by the monster that you created there. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point to end on is mm-hmm. that I just I just read about this uh, studio somewhere in Eastern Europe where mm-hmm. the the owner he um, every seven years he closes down his studio for one year, mm-hmm. um, and I really love that. I love. Because like it's hard to go, it's hard to go forty hours a week doing yeah. intentional design that you're passionate about. It's just not how your brain works, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. you probably do. I think in the modern schedule in America, I'm you're probably creative and passionate and intentional for like thirty percent of the time, and then yeah. the rest you're just kind of going through the motions of getting something mm-hmm. done. But it's really easy to get stuck in the weeds and then start putting out derivative products because you're. Yeah you have to work 40 hours a week. You're not, you're not like bursting out the seams to work 40 hours a week. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the rest is a kind of filler. So um, I, I really hope that system changes, you know, yeah. like let's yeah. focus the, the time and energy on the things that we love doing, not like have to do, you know? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. Anyway, anyway uh, this, this is yeah. a really good episode. I really, this is really fun. Totally. This was really awesome. Really fun indeed. Awesome, Joe. All right, man. All right. Thanks, man. next time. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Next time. See you. See you later. All right. Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about me, including where to find my book, you can visit me at harbingerofun.com. See you next episode.